Now, I've got a video that I'm going to show in just a second. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. How many of you identify with some relative of yours? Like, like if you're a parent, you, re- you identify with your kids. So like if your kid falls and gets hurt, you go, and your heart sort of checks. Did anybody have that feeling with somebody in their life? How about if you don't have any kids and you don't have that experience, how about if you've got a sibling that you look up to or, or a cousin that, that for some reason whatever goes on in their life is just part of you? Does that, does that strike a bell with everybody some here that you identify with them? And then you have people that identify with you. That's what baptism is about. We're going to talk about baptism. It's a long piece of text. It's a little confusing, but I'm going to show you a video, and then we'll and then we'll talk some more. Okay? So, are you ready? When our window was small, his house burned down. His whole family died in the fire. He was left with scars he couldn't hide. But most of all, he didn't belong to anybody. He wandered from one place to another. Then one day, he heard the sound of children laughing. That sound had gone out of his life long ago. Children accept him. He 
father told them all about Alfredo and how much he wanted to give this boy a home. But he was afraid they would reject him because he was burned so badly. The children said, Oh no, father. But he said, You have never seen anything like this boy before. Well, I'll leave it up to you. about baptism is about that whether it was apple just being baptized or somebody else being baptized it is the spot in our life where we recognize that nobody has actually ever been marked up the way that we have now you've seen people with marks and scars and all that stuff and you've seen me and just know that when when we come to God and we've got these marks in our life, he looks at us just as the father did. Look straight at Alfredo. You didn't see any any repulsion or anything in the father as he looked at Alfredo and he and he looks at him and he looks at us and he knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly who you are and how you've been marked and whether or not you've marked other people. He knows all of that stuff and he looks and he loves and he says, never have I ever wanted to take anybody in so much as this. Now, if you can hear that for you, you can start to hear that for other people. If you remember our most recent baptism, that was Apple on Easter. When I asked her why she came today, she said, Because I love Jesus. And she said it with some gusto, didn't she? Do you remember that? Okay. Well, inside of your hearts, if you've been baptized while somebody else is being baptized, that acceptance by Jesus and that acceptance of Jesus is then reflected in your heart and you get to remember that moment in your own and they become siblings. They begin to identify themselves as Christ's, and Christ identifies them as his. That's what's going on. This cannot be, must not be, will never be an empty ritual. The reason it can't be an empty ritual is because of this. 
that at the cross, Jesus identified himself with us. While we were yet sinners, he came and died for us on the cross. And you might be saying, well, nobody, nobody really knows me as a sinner or anything like that. I'm a pretty good person. And I think I've done this example again. I think right here's a good spot to do it again. That, that, that good and bad human being judgment needs to be sort of dispensed with. You're a human. And the reason it needs to be dispensed with is there's no such thing. I, I'm just going to say this. There's no such thing as good people. There's also no such thing as bad people within the human judgment range because we have no basis of understanding the differences. But in our own lives, I don't want you to look at anybody else for the moment. Just imagine, as I've said this before, and I'm going to do it again right now, that today you're having a really good day and you have the ability to line everything up into the good things that you've done the way you've thought selflessly for somebody else, the way that you've assisted them, the way that you did what God asked to do, right? You get this list, right? It's been a good day. You've got a list. And over here, you stack all the things up here, the other side of the list, all the times, and I'm doing this for me, okay? All the times that somebody cut me off in traffic or went too slow or got in my way, and they, how dare they? Get in my way. I'm the center of the universe. Don't they know that? <laughs> All those things that we thought of ourselves, we thought negatively about ourselves, and you've got a list. Now, I'm being honest here, right? How often is this list just a little bit longer than this one? A lot. Okay, so we're over here, and we're starting to stack up, right? Because we've had a day, and it was a really good day. A really good day. And we've had a year of really good days. Right? A thousand and ninety-five is in this side. If it were three every day, that's the, that's the ledger. It's just the simple math, right? 365 times three, 1,095. But you've had a really good day, so we're going to round down. to this. There's just 1,000 over here because there's been some really good days over here. I'm, we're being generous, right, for me. Be generous to me. I've only got 1,000. But that would be a good year. But I'm 54. And how many of those good years have I had? So I'm, I'm just rounding them out here. And you start to end up at this spot where you understand that really good days are not what God is after. What he's after is you identifying yourself as his and meeting him at the cross because he identified with us at the cross as he was marked amongst the sinners. He saw his kids falling and skinning their knees and getting hurt, and his heart went out to them, and he, just, he, he was just like the video on YouTube about dads with the dad skills just coming out the ears when, when they're swinging and the kid falls out of the swing and the dad catches them like this, right? He identified, and he, and he came in, and he met us at the cross. 
so that we could be identified as his kids, as his. And so every time we do this, and I'm going to read it right now so that you know I'm going to do this, but every time we come around this sort of topic in the Bible with Jesus, it starts to go around and around, and, and you can, it starts to go, huh? What's going on here? Because relationships are not nice and neat and clean. Sometimes they go one way, and then they go the other, and they come back, and they just overflow just like, just like this. Okay? So let's read. Romans 6, 1 through 15 is what I'm going to do. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you just forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death, for he died... For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. Now we may also have new lives. This is identification, identifying one side with the other. That's what's going on. It's not an empty ritual. This is the power to live a full and new life. Baptism is the, the sacrament of belonging to God. Since we've been united in him, with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that, he, so that sin might lose its power from our lives, that we are no longer slaves to sin. There's a movie where you can say this whenever something's going on and tugging at you. You have no power over me. You've got, I know you've got a habit. It just keeps coming up, right? Whatever it is, you have no power over me. For when we died with Christ and were set free from the power of sin, and since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Where does this come from? The wages of sin is death? How many of you have ever had a job where you worked on an hourly rate? Okay. What are your wages? Due payment for the work you did. Right? Due payment for the work you did. If you worked 10 hours, you got 10 hours worth of pay. If you did 54 years of ick, the wages of sin is death. Right? It's due payment for the ick I did. That Jesus identified with us at the cross and paid the price so that we could then have new life with him. If we died with him in baptism, then his death on the cross is not meaningless. We're then identified with him in life. And, and don't for a second think that this is no big deal. I'll tell you this. I'd been in town for three days and somebody saw me and met me and they say, oh, you're the pastor at the United Methodist Church over there, the, the Colville Community Church. That's a great church. You've been doing great work over there. Been here three days. Most of you I'd not met. But I was identified with you right from the beginning. 
And the things that you had been doing affected me and, and those that knew me identified you with me in the same way that people see Christians and say, well, they don't, they should be a certain way because I identify God with their behavior. Even if they only go to church on Christmas and Easter, they're Christmas and Easter Christians, or as my daughter would call, Christers. Sienes, Christian and Easter Christians. And the world doesn't make any distinction between the two sets, the ones that go every day and the other one, and they say this. Have you ever heard this line? This is how powerful the identification is. I can never go to church. The place is full of hypocrites. Have you ever heard it? Because it doesn't matter what the behavior of one is. Everybody's identified with it. And the reputation of God is there in us. He says, you're my people and I live with the way that you're seen in the world. And he's okay because he looks us in the face and he goes, you're my kid. I love you. Let's go back to this text because there's more. By the way, you you notice this is kind of going back and forth between life and death and baptism. It's it's sort of like Jesus. There's this spot in the text where he goes, well, if the Father's living in me and I'm in him and, and you're in me, then I'm in you. And this is the same thing. This is what baptism does in our lives. We start to be, it's like you get an identification card, but it's inside your heart. And it starts to bloom inside you. Went to sleep. Death no longer has any power over him. And he's alive in you. Here's the text. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. And now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. See the identification. It's my kid doing great things. I'm so excited. It's my kid getting hurt. Oh, that hurts me. Don't let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. That habit keeps coming back in your life. You have no power over me. I don't, I don't care what the habit is. I don't. We all have them. We're humans. It's the condition your condition is in. Sin is no longer your master. Even though you're still in the stew of the world and you have to interact with it, sin doesn't have to be your master. You no longer live under the requirements of law. Instead, you live under the freedom of grace. Jesus grabs your hand. Nobody's ever been marked the way that I have. Nobody's ever been marked the way that you have. Jesus comes out of the crowd and he says, you, you are my sister. You are my brother. And you have a new life. You belong 
There is freedom in that belonging. And even if you were once the sort of person that felt literally you could grab the bars as Alfredo did when, when, when he's looking through the window from the outside and he's holding onto the bars and he's going, anything to go in there. I'd do anything for that. Have you been in that spot in your life? I'd do anything to have a different life that would be full of life, that would move in my heart, that would cause me to become like like Jesus in some way that I could do good in my life. And the ledger wouldn't matter. The ledger doesn't matter anymore. Because he identified with us and identified us as his and we came forward in baptism or maybe you haven't done that yet. Maybe you want that. If you want that sort of thing and and then to have that you, you are my brother, you are my sister, you are mine, says God. And everybody in the room is watching you do this, get, getting wet. It doesn't matter how the water is administered because it's about an outward sign of an inward reality where you identify yourself as God and God identifies you as his. And everybody in the room sitting there going, I did that once. That is so cool. Thank you, God, for another brother and sister. It's also why we don't do baptisms privately is because it's the sacrament of belonging And if you belong, then you can do it in the midst of the group that you belong to. Now, there have been times I did baptize, I've baptized people on their deathbeds and, and, and we've had to do this sort of thing where just a few of us are the examples or the representatives of the body of Christ in that situation. It doesn't matter where it happens, how the water happens. What happens is inside us where sin break on our souls is broken by Jesus' identification at the cross as human, the one for all. We come out, and Jesus goes, you, you are mine. You are mine. It actually says that throughout the scriptures all over this place. The people of God are known as his treasured possession. Baptism, even though the texts seem to go round and round and round and round, and it sort of looks like an empty formalism where somebody gets baptized because they want to become a member, I'm telling you this, membership is not as big a deal as baptism in the body of Christ. Membership, way cool, go ahead, say you're on board with this local body, do that thing, but I identify God as my way is baptism. You can pull out your little bat, your, your, your little Christian card only. It's in your heart, right? You can pull out your wallet and show your identification. Identification, please. Your heart opens up. I am the Lord's. He is mine. 
I am his, he is mine. And God's up there going, I am his, he is mine, in the same way. And you think I'm a kitten. He's the one that said it first. We're the echo. I'm going to quit right here. If you need to talk to me about baptism, cool. Let's make that happen. If you need to talk to me about something you think I did wrong up here about baptism, cool. Let's make that happen. I'm all good. Let's have the conversation. But let's do it within the body of Christ where it should be happening. Because I tell you, everywhere we go, the world is watching the kids of God act And I'm so glad to be identified with that reputation. May you as well. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your love and care and the way that you've moved in our hearts, that you give us the strength now to say something we could only say before but not have the power. Now we have the power to say, you have no power over me because Jesus You are alive in our lives. May you ever be so. Amen.